start. I'm reading from Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. Uh, If you're using the Bibles in the church, it starts on page 73. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? I'd just like to pray for Mark as he comes to speak to us. Our loving Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Mark. We pray that you will speak to us now through both. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, uh, Samuel, for your prayers as well. It is a real privilege and honour to be given the opportunity to to share with you on our uh, final uh, service here at at Q Q Baptist. And uh, as uh, the guys mentioned earlier, my role has uh, in my time here, Amy and myself, has been, uh, obviously Amy was uh, working for the church in a role uh, about 18 months ago, um, but I was—I've been the res manager here and uh, and on the ministry team. But I've had so many opportunities uh, here on a Sunday morning and night to preach, and it's been a really significant time. It really has. I love opening God's Word. We're going to—we've done that already, and we're going to continue to do that tonight. Uh, because one of the things that I have loved about our time here is there's a real genuine hunger for God's Word, and. Uh, we even saw that tonight. There was even some, uh, some young adults, one in particular, who was here at 4.30. Uh, obviously, they weren't aware that there was an hour change in the clock, but that's how hungry they were for God's Word, which was, which was great. I'm sure you'll find out who that was. But I'm serious. There is a, it's a great place to be able to share and open God's word. And I'm, uh, like I said, privileged to be able to do that again tonight because there's a real thirst for God's truth. And we see that flow into the community. We see that flow over, overflow into life at res. And we have the privilege of uh, leading, but also living in community with, uh, with students and our leadership team. And, and uh, it's been rich. It's been good. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about that a little bit later. But there is such a rich tapestry of Christ-centered community living in this community that we have seen, uh, inc- seen incredible formation uh, through in our lives and in so many others. So that has been a blessing and an honor to be a part of. Uh, there's another community that you just heard Marion talk about. And this was the Israelites. 
And Exodus 17 was what uh, you heard uh, Marion read a short time ago. I love the story of the Exodus. I love that little passage. I love sort of from chapter 1 to, to sort of chapter 20, probably once a year. I'll spend a couple of weeks just going back, and I love the story of Moses. I just see Moses as such a significant uh, influencer, and, you know, as obviously Jesus. But Moses, I tell you, his influence and his life and what God teaches and shows him, there's so much in it. So I encourage you, I know for me, I carve out some time every year to, just to, to camp and spend some time uh, reading Exodus. Uh, I always discover something new, something relative uh, to my walk with God and, and uh, within the community that I'm a part of. Um, there is so much in it. And there is something tonight uh, that I want to dive into, the Israelites' experience. Because not long... Because uh, it's not long, uh, this experience that you, you uh, heard uh, tonight wasn't much long after they escaped Egypt, where they were held captive to Pharaoh. Uh, they're living as slaves, they're oppressed, and they're struggling. They are now on their way to the promised land, but they're in the desert, and they face a few challenges. And it says in the Bible that they're quarrelling and grumbling, and it's directed at God, but it's also directed at their leader, Moses. What are they cranky about? It's important to note, there's two million of them. So there's a lot of thirsty people in the desert. What is interesting, you would think they would remember what God had done when he parted the Red Seas and they got to march through unscathed, even though the Egyptian army was in hot pursuit. But who knows when you have physical need like hunger or thirst or when you're hangry, you can be totally fixated. I know in my time working with students and our leaders over at Res, there has been many times where I've seen hungry students, especially late at night. A HSP was something I'd never heard of. And everyone was talking about these HSPs a few weeks when I was in. I was completely unaware what they were. When I saw what it was, I couldn't understand why anyone in their right mind would want to eat a HSP. And if you don't know what what they are, you can maybe ask someone after the service. When I think of the story of the Israelites, I think of a starving resi at midnight, fixated on a hunt for a HSP, unaware of its little health benefits. We're going to just move a little bit across. And fast forward now to a story I also love. Like I said, I love to carve out some time and and just go back into reading the Exodus. But I also love the Gospels. And most years I'll I'll really chew some, it might be John's Gospel at the moment, we've been, the last uh, few months we've been doing that as a church. Uh, And that's amazing uh, if you just camp and spend some time in in a gospel, which is great. And we're going to do that uh, as well in in John's gospel, and we have been doing that as a church. But we're sort of just backtracking a little bit into John 4 tonight, because the story of the woman at the well, I I just, again, think is really significant. Because there's someone else who is thirsty, someone who has a physical thirst. And we read this in John's gospel in uh, John 4, and we uh, just follow me along. When a Samaritan woman, you may be familiar with this story, came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew 
the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This Samaritan woman is needing water. There is so much in this story. There's so much about the Samaritan woman, the, the, the fact that she's from a hated race and she goes in the middle of the day to get water to avoid judgment from her community. She's ashamed because of the, her lifestyle and the sin that she's living in. But the key thing, and all that stuff's really, is so much in that, but the key thing I want to lean into today in both these stories is the Samaritan woman at the well. As well, the two million Israelites at their pit stop in the desert, both needing water, both thirsty. What they needed physically was water. But water was not going to quench their thirst as they had a much greater need, more than water could do. Sometimes in our lives, we can pursue things. We can go after things thinking they will satisfy us, they will fix our longings, our deepest needs. Tonight, I will, a little bit later, talk about the fact that uh, the world, world will picture that we chased something physical. The thing is about water, it's a really powerful picture and a symbol that we see commonly throughout the Old and New Testament. See, the message is that Jesus is this living water. And what the water can do is, is not just quench our physical thirst. It's nothing to do with what Jesus can do. It's to do with quenching our physical need, our spiritual need. Sorry. God is attempting to show the Israelites this. And he's sure going to reveal this to the woman at the well as well. The images around water we can see throughout the scriptures. We see that when the psalmist writes this in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for living God. Where can I go and meet God? King David also refers to this in Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And later in John's Gospel, we see, read this in John 7, 37. It says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood. In a loud voice, he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. As I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is we need to satisfy our physical longings and desires. And this will bring us happiness and joy. If it feels good, 
It must be good. To pull, to chase our physical desires will always leave us shortchanged. It does not satisfy us. The woman at the well captures this in a really profound way. Jesus sits with her and he brings her dignity despite her shame. In verse 10, in that, in that story, Jesus answered her. He says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I love those words. If you knew, if you only knew the gift of God has for you, the gift of God that is found in Christ Jesus. The Samaritan woman discovers this, although it takes a while for her to understand and and cotton on, that her soul needs Jesus. And that is what Jesus is talking about. I think one of the greatest, it's a great picture. And I think we've got a picture up there as well, which uh, is just a beautiful picture from an artist. And I found gracious, patient God is with us. And this reminds me, of a time even in my life when I was completely tangled up. Sin was wrecking havoc in my life and my relationships with my family and my friends. The question that I remember that I had to answer, and the Samaritan woman as well, do you know the gift that God has for you? Do you know that gift tonight? The water that comes from a well that opens the door for a life-giving message which sets this Samaritan's woman, the Samaritan woman's life in a whole different direction. Do you know that gift? In summarising tonight, we see the Israelites who are grumbling, they're feuding with Moses, they're unable to trust God, concerned with their physical thirst and their, their need for their physical desires to be met and satisfied. But we see, see this woman whose physical thirst leads her to an intimate moment with Jesus and her life is completely changed. Jesus is the living water. He will meet our spiritual needs. The woman and the Israelites all have experiences with water. Jesus made himself known to the woman. The Israelites, despite their stinky attitude, they were still blessed. And we know that because the psalmist talks about that in Psalm 105. It says he opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. The picture of God quenching the thirst of two million people is powerful. The picture of Jesus at the well with the woman is intimate. Our God is all-powerful. Our God is also personal. He holds both of these things. In 1 John 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. We can know God, all because of what Jesus has done. We can be forgiven. We can be set free from sin and shame through Jesus' death on a cross. For all humanity, that is powerful. But the story is not over. Three days later, he makes a way for us to know him. He reveals himself to his followers, defeating death by rising again and sending the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, that we would not be alone. That is personal, powerful and personal. What a great God we serve, worth giving our lives over to. We can trust him. Tonight I ask you that question. Do you trust him? Or are you like the Israelites? That even though that you know God's blessing and favour and there's been all these things that, that for some reason when there's trial, when there's challenge, that you get grumbling and, and frustrated and you might blame authority or blame God and you're just in a, a real bind. That question, do you trust him? Do you love him? Even tonight as you sit there, do you know him intimately? And that picture again is such a beautiful picture of what where Jesus just comes to the woman at the well. Trust him with what you think can't be fixed. Let him sit with you the next time you feel alone, ashamed. Let him take your sin, your shame. He is all-powerful. He is personal. He is Jesus. Let us pray tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your incredible gift of life, which we can find in you. For those tonight who are feeling broken, feeling like there is no hope, just as you sat with a woman at the well, you sit with us in our shame. And we thank you, Lord, you took our shame upon the cross and that we know that we can find forgiveness in you. Because God, we know that you are all powerful and we can have union through you. We accept this free gift of, of life and Lord, we allow tonight you to speak to our hearts and we receive the overwhelming sense of your Holy Spirit. Allow just as that water flowed freely from the rock. Father God, we just pray even that upon our lives. And those that may be sitting there tonight and, and they just need a fresh touch from you, that they may feel that that living water is, is what they need. They're, they're dry. They're parched. Whatever is going on, Lord, quench their thirst spiritually. And Lord, we know that we can chase the things of the world to satisfy us and uh, it just falls short every time. But Lord God, we know that you satisfy us through your son Jesus. And we just open our hearts to that tonight and come like a river, come like a flood and fill those places and spaces in our heart that we have blocked you out, that we have allowed sin and shame to come. And Lord, we just really pray tonight for those in this, in, within our church family and, and open our hearts to that tonight. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team. Thanks. Let's uh, stand and join together um, in Christ alone.